Shalom to all. Today's office is getting tough. Yud Aleph. We are starting Yud Amud Beis. Six lines up from the bottom at the two dots. And today's office sponsor Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sar, Basar Yaakov Maisha, Hurt Nishama should have an Aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Mars Rivka Basar Meir Zev, Hurt Nishama should have an Aliyah. Now the Mishnah said Rav Shimon Omer Afiel Kshirim Vchulu. This is Rav Shimon arguing with the Tanakama that a get or shikher that was written and signed in a non-Jewish bezdin is kosher. So now the Gemara asks, how could that be? Vahalav Bnei Krisas Nenu. Non-Jews are not Bnei Krisas. They're not in the parsha of Gitin. They don't give halachic Gitin to their wives. So therefore, they're not able to write and sign a get. So how is such a thing valid? So Rabbi Zayor, he answers, Yarb Rabbi Shimon Shitasa Shol Belazar. Rabbi Shimon goes down, meaning he's going according to the Shita of Rabbi Lazar, the Amr, that he says, Edim Karti, is the Edim that caused the crisis of the get, which means the Edim that watch the giving over of the get, that's the Masira, the handing over of the get, they're the ones that create the Halacha Krisos, and therefore, since the Edim over here are Jews, even though the ones signed on the Shtar are not Jews, it's still a Kasher get. Ask the Gemara of Amr of Abba, Mighty Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar agrees, but Mazayf Mitaycha is Apostle, that if it's Mazayf if there's a problem with the shtar itself, that it's possible, even though according to Abelazar, you're right, Edim is Karti, and if there's no Edim on the get at all, it's still a kosher get. However, if there are Edim on the get, but they're possible, so we can't use that get. And over here, we would have an issue because we have non Jews signed on the shtar, and we have to be afraid that maybe we're going to end up using those Edim that were signed as the Edim is So even Abelazar would agree that this is not kosher. So we answer no. Hachamayaskin, what are we talking about over here? Yudal Pham and Alpha on top, Bishamus Muvhakin. That the non Jewish Edim that were signed on this get, their names were Shamus Muvhakin. They were uniquely non Jewish names, which means that they most definitely were non Jews, and therefore we would never come to use them as the Edim Asira. So we just clarify, what's an example of a Shem Muvhak that's definitely a non Jewish name? Amar Papa answers, for example, the name Hormiz, or Vavudina, or Bar Shivsai, or Ubar Kidri, Ubati, Vinakim, Una, all these are names of non Jewish judges, so such a name signed on a Shtar is most definitely a non Jew, and therefore there's no reason to suspect that we're going to end up using them as the Edim Asira, and that's why it would be a Kasher Shtar, again, as long as the Edim Asira are Yedin. Ask like more hold Second, my what would the halacha be if the names were not muvhak? Meaning the names signed on the star weren't uniquely non-Jewish names. For example, as we had said, a biblical name. The name Avraham, Abraham, and Ibrahim are used by various denominations, Jewish and non-Jewish. So if such a name, which is called a shame, she'enai muvhak, what would the halacha be? Lai. It's mashma that we would not be allowed to use this get. But Yahach, if that's really so, then we have an issue with the end of the Mishnah. Adatani Seifa, instead of teaching at the end of the Mishnah, Loi Huskru that this was only mentioned that these stars are no good if they were written by a hediot, meaning if they were written by a non-Jew and the fellow that made it was a hediot, he wasn't part of a bezdin, he wasn't part of a secular court. That's the only time these stars are no good. Once that of the Mishnah saying that, we should make a differentiation in the first case of the Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon should say, when was it said that we're allowed to use a get or shechur that comes from a gayish bezdin? That's if the names signed on it are muvak. But if the names signed on it are not muvak, so then it's not a valid star. Meaning, why do we have to go to a totally different case and say that that's the case that's not valid. We can make a simple differentiation between Shemus of Hakin and Shemus Shein of Hakin. So the answer is Hachinami Kamar. That's exactly what the Mishnah is saying. But Medvar Murim, when was it said that a star coming from a non Jewish Bazin is valid? Bishemus of Hakin. If the name signed on the star are Movak, Avo Bishemus Shein of Hakin. But if the name signed on the star are not Movak, Nasak Mishanasu Behedit, so then we treat it as if it was done not in a Bazin, just by a private, regular individual, Upsulin, and then it's Pasul. Vibay Sema, or alternatively, we could say that Seifa son the Gite Mamain. The Seifa, this last statement of the Mishnah of Loi Hoskru El Bazman Shanasu Behediot, that's really going back to the Tanakhama, that's not being said by Reb Shimon, and that's talking about Gite Mamain, meaning regular Shtarais, not a Get or Shechur. And Vachikamar, this is what the Mishnah is saying. Loi Hoskru Gite Mamain Dipsulim, the fact that we mentioned in the first part of the Mishnah that a Get Mamain, that a regular Shtar is possible if it was done by non Jews, El Bazman Shanasu Behediot, that's only if it was done by regular non Jew and not in the non Jewish court system. But if it was done in a non Jewish court system, then it is okay. And something similar, Tanya the Brahisha says, Amra Blaz Rabbi Yaisi, Kacham Reb Shimon 
Chachamim Tzidon. This is where Rabbi Shimon told the Chachamim in Tzidon. That's where they were. Rabbi Kiva and the Chachamim, who were of the previous generation, they don't argue in regards to stars that are coming from regular secular courts. Even though they're signed by non-Jews, and obviously they're written by non-Jews, those stars are kosher. Even if it's a get or shechur. Their whole machlekes is, if this star was done by hadit, by non-Jew, but not as part of a court system. Except for a get and a shechur, the chacham over here would agree that it's okay, even though it was done by hadit. That's because we're not going to be following the star anyway. We follow the Ede Mesira. Whereas Rav Shimon Gamliel, Rav Shimon Gamliel argues, and he says, These are kosher, but only if it's a place where Yisrael, where a Yid, is not allowed to sign the star. Because since the Yid is not allowed to sign, we could accept these Gitin signed by non-Jews because there's no Chashash, so we're going to end up using them as the Edim Asira. So nothing more clarifies and is going to ask a question. But let's say it's a place where Yidin are allowed to sign. What would the halacha be? We would not be allowed to accept this get that was written and signed in a non-Jewish court. And that's even if the names are definitely non-Jewish names, and that's because of the Chashash, that maybe we're going to allow it even when the names signed are not Movok, and as we already said, that's the problem because we might end up using those Edim as Edim Asira. But if that's really so, then we have an issue. Because Makam we should say that even if it's a place where Yidin are not allowed to sign the star, we should be geyser that we can't accept the star written by non-Jews because we might end up accepting a star that was written and signed by non-Jews in a place where Yidin are allowed to sign it. So the more answer is that's on a chashash. Shema b'shema machlef. We might exchange one name for another name. In other words, a name that's not mufhak, meaning it could be used by Jews and non-Jews alike, so we might end up getting confused and we might end up thinking that this was a Jew that signed even though it was really non-Jew. So that's why we have to make an across-the-board rule when we're dealing with a shame she'enoi muvok, we can't accept such a star. But asr ba'asr loy mechlef. We're not going to end up mixing up two places. If this is a place where Jews are not allowed to sign on a star, so then we could accept a star from a non-Jew because we're not going to end up mixing it up with a totally different place where Jews are allowed to sign on the star. And continue to talk about this. Ravina savar lachshuri bechnufiyasa dramai. Ravina thought to be machshir star that came from a group of Arameans, meaning it wasn't from a regular court system. It was just a group of non-Jews that got together and they wrote and signed the star. So he thought to accept such a star. Amali Rafam Rafam told him, Arkais Tanan. Armisha says very clearly it has to be Arkais. It has to be an official non Jewish court system. And just a group of non Jews getting together and making stars is not something that we can accept. And now, before we continue, it's important to bear the following in mind. Let's say Ruven owes Shemin money, and Ruven has property. That property is called Nechasim Shubadim. It has a lien on it, meaning it's going to be used to pay the loan if Ruven doesn't come up with the cash. And this is true even if Ruven sells this property to somebody else. Shemin could go to Lekuchais, the buyer, and take the property away. And the reason why the buyer can't say, that's not fair, I never knew about this lien, is because once the star documenting the loan is signed, a coil goes out, meaning people talk about it. And therefore, the buyer did know that Ruven owed Shimon money and that his property was Meshubbat to the loan. Sadiq Mar tells us, Amar Rav Rav says, We have a Persian star that was given over in front of Jewish Edim, so that star is valid and we can use it to collect from Bnei Chayrin. Bnei Chayrin is property that's free, which means that it doesn't have a lien on it. In other words, the star is kosher, but we're not allowed to collect from Nechassim Shubadim with this star. But now we ask, why is this star kosher in the first place? They don't know how to read it. It's written in Persian, and no one knows how to read Persian. The Gemara answers, no, but the Yadi, they know how to read it. Ask the Gemara, what do you mean? The star is only kosher if it's something that we're not able to forge. Vlakon, that's not the situation where we're dealing with Persian stars. The Yidin used to treat their paper in a way that if something was erased and then filled in afterwards, you'd be able to tell. So you weren't able to be mazayif, you weren't able to forge something on the star. However, the Persians didn't do that, so we have another issue with the star. So the Gemara says, no, but that feeds on this particular Persian star, they did treat it in this way that you would not be able to forge anything on it. We have to fulfill the following 
something. The last line in the Shtar has to be a little bit of a Chazara, like a summary of what was written in the Shtar, meaning the main points of the Shtar, and that wasn't done in Persian Shtars, so this shouldn't be a valid Shtar for that reason. So the answer is no, but the Mahadar, in this particular Shtar, they did do a summary at the bottom line, so therefore it would be a Kasher Shtar. Ask the Gemara, Ihachi, if that's so, it seems to be everything's matching up, and this is a perfectly fine Shtar, Shabdinami. So then we should be able to use the Shtar even to collect from the Chasim Meshubadim, which means that it's a much stronger Shtar. So my answer is no, less like Kala. There is no Kal. When nine Jews sign on the Shtar, there's no Kal going out about the Shtar, and therefore we cannot collect from the Chasim Meshubadim. Oh, we continue with this. The Gemara says, Bamine Rishlakish Mabiachan, Rishlakish asks Rabiachan in the following question. Yud Alpha Mabiz on top, Edem Chasim and Al Get, Ushmai son, Kishemus Evdik Chavim. And we're talking about a get that's in Eretz Yisrael, but the names signed on the get are non Jewish names. Mahu, what's the halacha? Can we be Machshur the get with Edem Asira? Since these might be non Jews signed on the Shtar, can we say, Fine, let's just get Jewish Edem for the Edem Asira, and the get will be Kashur that way? So Amr Lay Answered him, The only situation that ever came to us is the get that had the names Lucas and Lus signed on it, and that we're machshir. What do we learn from here? Vadafka Lucas Velus, the Lashchich Yisrael, the Maski Bishmasayu, is only referring to names like Lucas and Lus that Yidin don't use such names. But when we're dealing with other non Jewish names, that sometimes a Yid will use that non Jewish name, so we can't accept such a star. But now the Gemara asks, we have a brass that tells us, Get in that come from overseas, and there's Edim signed on them. Even though these names that are signed on the Shtar are non Jewish names, Ksherin, it's still a Kasher Shtar. Why is that? Because the majority of Yidin live in Chutzlaretz, their names are secular names. Jews in Chutzlaretz use the names like Bob, Charlie, and Mike, and therefore the Shtar is okay. So we see very clearly that even though the names signed on the Shtar are non Jewish names, the Shtar is Kasher. Kasher and Rabbi Echenon. So the Gemara is not a Kasher. Over there, the Bryce says very clearly why the Shtar is Kasher. Because the majority of Yidin living in Chutzlaretz use non-Jewish names. But the question which Shlakish asked Rabbi Yechanan was in regards to a get that was in Eretz Yisrael, not a get coming from Chutzlaretz. So this price is not a question on Rabbi Yechanan. Now, some say, the Shlakish asked Rabbi Yechanan just like what the Brisa says, meaning this Brisa starts out talking about a get that comes from Chutzlaretz, and that's what Shlakish asked Rabbi Yechanan. Hey, Rabbi Yechanan, what about a get that comes from Chutzlaretz that has non-Jewish names signed on it? Is it kosher? And who pasha and Rabbi Yechanan's answer was from this Brisa. In other words, Rabbi Yechanan quoted this Brisa, saying, It's a Brisa, Rish Lakesh. The Brisa says that the Shtar is kosher because the majority of Yidin living in Chutzla arts use non Jewish names. And moving on to brand new Mishnah, the Mishnah tells us, If a fellow goes to Shliach and he says, Please give this get to my wife or the Shtar Shechar to my Eved, If you'd like to go back and retract his Shlichas for both of them, he's able to do so. Meaning, he's able to call up the Shliach and say, Shliach, do not give the get or the Shechar. I'm taking back your shlichas. And the reason for that is because we're not allowed to do a disservice to a person if he's not there. And it's considered a disservice for her to be divorced or for the Evid to get his shechur. And therefore, until the get or shechur gets into the person's hand, the person could always retract his shlichas. However, that's only when we're talking about a get. But not with shechur. The moment the master gave the shtar shechur over, he can't take it back. So what's the difference? We can bring about a benefit for a person even though he's not there. We can't bring about a chai for a person, a disservice, a disadvantage for a person unless he's there. And the reason why this is not considered a chai for the Eved is If the master decides not to feed his Eved, he's allowed to do so. But if he decides not to feed his wife, he's not allowed to. In other words, a master doesn't have to support his Eved if he doesn't want to. And even though that might not be very nice, he doesn't have to opi halacha. And therefore, even though when the master sets him free, that's in essence cutting off his support, it's not considered a chai for the Eved because the master never had a chiv to support his Eved. Therefore, when the master gives over the 
Yar Shekhur, he's not able to take it back. However, a husband is not allowed to not support his wife. He always has to give her food and support. And therefore, when he divorces her, he cuts off her support, and that's a chai for her. And that can only be done if she's there or if we have her agreements. And that's why when he sends a get, he could take it back as long as it didn't get to the woman yet. However, Amal Hemra Mayor told the Chamim, he's passing as Evid from eating Truma, Kashem Shu Pasal as Ishtai, the same way he's passing his wife from eating Truma. Both when he divorces his wife or sets his Evid free, neither of them are allowed to eat Truma anymore if he's a Kayin, and that's considered a disservice to both of them. So why are you saying it's not a disservice for him to set his Evid free? So Amrulai, they told him, that's because the Evid was acquired by the master. And that's the reason why the Evid is different than the woman, and the Gemara's going to discuss what exactly this answer is. But now the Gemara tells us, Yosef, Rav Huna, Rav Yitzchak, Rav Yosef, Kamed, Rav Yirmiya, Rav Huna, and Rav Yitzchak, Rav Yosef were sitting in front of Rav Yirmiya, and they were schmoozing and learning. But Yosef, Rav Yirmiya, become a nom name. Rav Yirmiya was sitting, and he was dozing off. But Yosef, Rav Huna, Rav Huna was sitting and saying the following, We hear from the Sheet of the Rabbanon in our Mishnah that Hatayf is the Baal Chayv, Kana. If someone is Taif is something for a Baal Chayv, he's Kaina. Let's clarify this over here. A Baal Chayv is a fellow who is owed money. Ruvain owes Shimon money. Shimon is the Baal Chayv. Now, what does that mean, Taif is the Baal Chayv? Levi can grab something from Ruvain for Shimon. And Rav Huna is saying that we see this from our Mishnah, from the fact that once the master gave the Shechor to the Shliach, he can't retract that Shlichus. It must be because the Shliach is being Taifus. He's grabbing the Shechor for the Eved. So I'm like, Yitzel, where Yosef, Yitzel, where Yosef told Rav Huna, does that mean that one is allowed to be Taifus for a Baal Chayv, even though that's going to end up being a disservice, a Chayv for other people? In other words, does that mean that we could extend this halacha to a situation where Ruvain owes Shimon money and a number of other people as well, and then Levi comes along and takes Ruvain's watch for Shimon, for example? This is technically Chavla Chayrim. It puts the others at a disadvantage because now they can't get money from Ruvain. So Amalai Rav Huna told him, in, yes, we actually do learn that from the Mishnah. How do we learn that from the Mishnah? Because now that the Shliach is, so to speak, grabbing the Shechor for the Eved, that's a Chavla Acherim. That's for the disadvantage of the Master, and still we see that it works. So yes, we do learn that from the Mishnah. Now, Adahachi, in the meantime, meaning during this discussion, Isar Buhu Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Yirmiya woke up in order to tell them something. Amalu, he told them, Dardaki, which means young children. This Rabbi Yechran said, If someone grabs something on behalf of a Baal Chayv, but he's causing a disadvantage to other people, he's not kind of that. Vim timer, if you're going to say, Mishnah say no, I, but what about our Mishnah? It seems like from our Mishnah, since the master is not able to retract the Shlichos, and the Shlich is allowed to take the Shechor for the Eved, even against what the master wants, that's called Tefiz Baal Chayv Makim Shechav Lacherim. That's not so. Why? Because Kol Eimer Tenu, Kai Anyone that says give, it's as if he's saying, be it. Meaning, when the master said, please give this to the Eved, even though it sounds like he's saying, I want you to be my Shliach, and therefore it's only going to be a Shechor once it gets to the Eved's hand, that's not so. When he says Tenu, it's like he's saying, Zechu, be it for the Eved, which means the moment that you get the star, automatically it's a schus for the Eved, and automatically the Eved's freed, and that's why he can't retract it. Oh, we continue to talk about this. Amr of Chizr of Chizr says, If someone grabs something for a Baal Chayv, but it's a disadvantage for other people, that brings us to the Machalikas of Rebbeleaz and the Rabbanon, meaning it seems to be the Rebbeleaz and the Rabbanon are arguing specifically in this point. Then we have a Mishnah. Misha Likhet is a Peah, someone that gathers Peah, which is the corner of the field that's supposed to be left for an Ani. But Amr and he says, This is for the following fellow who's an Ani. I have a friend who's an Ani, so I go to the field, even though I'm not an Ani, and I take pay, and I say that this is for my friend the Ani. Rabbi Yezra, Rabbi Yezra says, Zachalai, so he's Zaycha in that payah for the Ani. He has to give it to the first Ani that he finds. So as you can see that we have this Machalikas. Rabbi Yezra holds that one could be Zaycha in something, even though it's a Chai for other people. So his kind hearted friend to the Ani is allowed to be Zaycha in this payah for his friend the Ani. But according to the Chachamim, he's not allowed to do so, so he has to give it to the first Ani that he finds. However, Amr Amemar, Vitemar, Papa, Amemar said, some say are Papa that said, You'd be someone off on the top. Maybe that's not so. Perhaps we could say that Atkan Lakam Rebeleazar Hasam, the only reason Rebeleazar said that over there is Elo de Migudi by Mafker Luhulun Chase, since this fellow himself, the one that's picking up the payah, if he wants, he can be Mafker all of his Nechasim, and then he himself will be poor, and that means that he would. 
would be able to take this peya himself, and since he has this technical possibility of being zoich in it for himself, zoich lechavre, he could be zoich in it for his friend. And that's why in the case of peya, he's allowed to be zoich in it for his friend, the Ani. But over here, in a classic case of a toifis lebalchev, makam shechav lacherim, loy, we wouldn't say that. And we say something similar in the Rabbanon as well. Over there, the Rabbanon only say that because the Pasuk says, loy selaket Ani, don't gather for the Ani. So really, the Pasuk doesn't say that. The Pasuk actually says, which means you are not allowed to gather these things in your field, and there's a comma there, so what should be done with it? The Pasuk says, leave it for the Ani and the Ger. But over here for the Drasha, we move the comma over, and therefore we read it as, which tells us, that you're not allowed to gather for the Ani. And that's the only reason why the Chum say that this pay is not allowed to be taken for this Ani, because we have a Drasha in the Pasuk. But over here, in regards to perhaps they would not argue. Now the Gorn's which the Chum used to teach that this person is not allowed to take pay for the Ani, but Rebbe Lezer says that he is allowed to. So what's the Joshua for? So the more answers is, He needs it to teach us that we have to warn the Ani that he's not allowed to take pay from his own field. Let's say he's considered to be an Ani to the extent that he's allowed to take pay The Pazak's telling us that he's not allowed to take pay from his own field. Let's say this Ani owns a small field that he would have to leave pay from. That pay he's not allowed to take. He's allowed to take in other people's fields, but not his own. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow, continue to explain the Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.